impact of the coronavirus being felt across the country, now affecting everything from air travel to schools to what's on store shelves or what's not on store shelves. In some case, some retailers seeing a recent news might be making you wonder, do I have enough toilet paper at home? How long will my current supplies last? If you're like other consumers around the world, maybe you responded to the spread of coronavirus by running to grocery stores to stock up on daily necessities, only to be met by long lines and empty shelves. So this is Coles North Rocks, toilet paper aisle, absolutely non-left. One prize commodity, toilet paper. Just a crazy scene at a grocery store where toilet paper has been in high demand. Yeah, surveillance Everywhere shows it seems, shoppers frantically reach for dwindling supplies, leading even to tense confrontations between desperate shoppers on occasion and all over toilet paper. Fights over toilet paper breaking out in grocery stores as shelves run empty. People, what are you doing? You do not need to panic over toilet paper. While shoppers around the world were unprepared for the coronavirus pandemic, as surprising as it sounds, this was not the first toilet paper panic to hit Japan. When did the first toilet paper panic happen in Japan and what caused it? Why do people panic over something as seemingly mundane as toilet paper? And what do these panics reveal to us about Japanese society, both in the past and today? I'm Tristan Gruno, and this is Japan on the Record. For more on the history of toilet paper panics in Japan, I talked with Dr. Eiko Maruko Sinioe, professor of history at Williams College. Dr. Sinewar is the author of Waste, Consuming Post-War Japan, published by Cornell University Press in 2018. I started by asking Dr. Sinewar to tell us more about this earlier toilet paper panic. So the most well-known toilet paper scare in Japan, what's called the toilet paper panic, and broke out in late 1973. So there started to be sustained media attention to it in the earliest days of November, November 1st, 2nd of 1973. It was most intense in November, and then it kind of died down by the early months of 1974. And in terms of causes, the kind of conventional explanation for the toilet paper panic is the oil crisis. So the, you know, the OPEC oil embargo in in mid-October. And so much so that I think even now, if you were to ask some people in Japan about the oil crisis or the oil shock, one of their first responses might be, oh, yes, and there was this toilet paper panic. They're that kind of closely associated in memory. But I don't actually think that the oil shock was a primary cause of the toilet paper panic or the toilet paper scare. I think there were longer term causes. So if you look at the kind of context in which this happened, there had been months and months of inflation. And then starting in the spring of 1973, there was an especially acute uptick in prices. So, you know, if you look at prices between like April and September of 1973, they were about 10 to 13% higher compared to the previous year. And this for like daily necessities, you know, such as clothing and food, like meat and fresh vegetables, soybeans and soybean products like natto or fermented soybeans, soy sauce, miso, tofu. So a lot of staples. So there was inflation. There was also, in this context, a a paper shortage. And the paper shortage developed around February of 1973. And this was something that people knew about. So there were kind of public 
please buy MITI, the Ministry of International Trade and Industry, which is widely covered in the media to, you know, reuse paper, to recycle newspapers. So this was on people's minds. And in fact, MITI launched in mid-October what they called a campaign to rationalize the use of paper. It was kind of colloquially known in Japanese as the Kami Kechikechi Undo, or the Paper Stinginess Campaign. So paper was on people's minds. And then by late October, these concerns about paper then extended to household paper products, including toilet paper. So you have these longer term developments, inflation, paper shortage. And then there were immediate triggers, I think in late October. And it's not entirely clear what the immediate triggers were or which of these triggers might have actually started this heightened purchasing of toilet paper. But there are some possibilities. So one possible trigger was this kind of article, which is now kind of infamous in this history. This article that was in the Osaka edition of the Asahi Shimbun, or the Asahi newspaper, the mass circulation daily, on October 31st. And the story was about a housewife in Nara City who was concerned that there was going to be a shortage of toilet paper, so it bought two years worth just in case. And this story ran with a photograph of this woman in her home, just surrounded by rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper. So you have something like that, which starts people thinking, oh, maybe I should also be stocking up on toilet paper. There was also a story on NHK, the public broadcaster, at the end of October about the paper shortage. And then there were some really localized occurrences. So, for example, the Dai supermarket in the kind of apartment complex uh, that was known as Sendi Newtown in Osaka, it had been selling toilet paper at a really low price of 98 yen. And in late October, it just couldn't carry this toilet paper anymore. So the shelves were empty, which was kind of a, just an, an alarming sight. And then there was also, you know, other local occurrences, like there was a supermarket in the Sanomiya area of Kobe, which had had a sale on toilet paper, and that sale was about to end. So the store was actually encouraging people to buy toilet paper at sale prices while they still could. So it's unclear, you know, which or what of all of these things might have actually started people buying toilet paper. But these are these kind of possible local immediate triggers. Then once you had what was visible as increasing demand for toilet paper, then there was a kind of spread of information about this phenomenon. So, you know, newspapers and television had stories about empty store shelves and lines. They used the very language of panic, which just tended to encourage this kind of buying. There was also word of mouth, you know, especially in some of these larger apartment complexes where people would run into each other and say, you know, hey, I was just down at the supermarket and they, they seemed to be running out of toilet toilet paper. And then there was kind of confirmation with one's own eyes. So people would run out to the stores and see that in fact, you know, there were lines for toilet paper or shelves that were emptying out. And so that just kind of confirmed this idea that there was a shortage of toilet paper. And as you mentioned, these photos of empty store shelves, I think would be very familiar for people within the context of this coronavirus going on now and some of the concerns about toilet paper shortages. But the thing that comes to mind is, first of all, why toilet paper? And secondly, was there really a shortage? Yeah. So, no, I think your comment about, you know, kind of resonances with the present is really good, which is that there have been kind of quotes in the media recently 
from consumers saying that, you know, for example, Prime Minister Abe can't be trusted. He says there's plenty of toilet paper, but if you actually run out to the stores, the shelves are empty. So why should we trust what Abe should say? And that sounds quite familiar. It's very similar to what people were saying in 1973. But then there's this kind of question of why toilet paper? And I think there's something about toilet paper that somehow seems a little bit absurd or funny or silly at first, but there are good reasons why toilet paper. One is that it's non-perishable, so you can stock up on toilet paper quite easily. And there are really no substitute goods for toilet paper. And this was especially the case then with people who lived in homes with flush toilets. So if you look at where the purchasing was most intense in Japan in late 1973, it was most intense in areas, especially in kind of newer apartment complexes that were equipped with flush toilets, and in regions of the country where the diffusion rate of flush toilets was high because it was just harder to use a kind of substitute like a newspaper that would clog these systems. So there's that. And that's even more true today when the diffusion rate of flush toilets is much higher. Also, toilet paper is one of those products that if you live in a kind of smaller home, you don't usually have that much of a stockpile at hand so that when you feel like you need a kind of cash, you know, in an emergency situation, you have to go out and actually buy and create that stockpile. So all of that is why toilet paper. And in terms of whether or not there was actually a shortage, there probably was not a nationwide shortage of toilet paper, but it's not entirely clear. <laughs> I don't think that actually the answer to this question is that clear cut. So certainly in areas where there was heightened purchasing of toilet paper, yes, at least kind of localized in the short term, there was a shortage of toilet paper because people went out and bought toilet paper. So yes on that. Meaty kept saying and kind of kept repeating that production of toilet paper was on track and it was actually higher than it was in the previous year. But what I find kind of suspicious about this mantra was that they never said anything about demand. They provided supply figures, but not demand figures. So there's something about that information that seems incomplete to me. So I'm not actually sure whether there was actually enough supply. And then there were also revelations in 1974, that the trading company, Mitsui Busan, had actually pushed prices of toilet paper upward by intentionally keeping product off the market. So the situation here was that in the summer of 1973, in July of 1973, Mitsui struck a deal with an association of small and medium-sized toilet paper manufacturers that were based in Shizuoka Prefecture. And the deal was that if these manufacturers warehoused everything that they made, the toilet paper that they made for three months from August through October, then Mitsui would provide them with financing, about a billion yen in financing. So then what these manufacturers did is they did, in fact, hold, you know, product off the market. And then when they started to put product back on the market in October, they did so at higher prices. So there, in fact, was a kind of manipulation of the supply of toilet paper. So all of that is to say, even for me as a historian, looking back, this question of whether or not there was a real shortage is fuzzy. And certainly at the time for people, you know, in late 1973, it definitely would have seemed like there was a shortage of toilet paper. 
on social media, we've seen a number of videos, you know, the huge lines at Costco, even people buying up, yeah. you know, buying up toilet paper. And uh, even in Japan, there's you know, this kind of frenzied rush for toilet paper, which is strikingly different from our usual impressions of Japan as, you know, orderly and polite. Uh, of course, this isn't just Japan. And, and it speaks more to shortages in general, especially of daily necessities. Have you discovered anything in your research that could tell us why this happens or why we get these frenzies? Yeah, I mean, I think as you're saying, you know, this kind of run on toilet paper is not something that is particular to Japan. We are seeing it now in the US and Australia, the UK, Hong Kong, Singapore, Canada. They're kind of stories from all over the world about people going out and buying toilet paper, along with other kind of necessities. And also, I think that the behavior of people in this kind of situation of buying up of a kind of fear of shortages is pretty much the same in Japan as elsewhere in the world, which is to say that it's not usually a frenzy. It gets described that way because we often use the word panic or, you know, panic buying to describe people going and stocking up on things. But most of the time, and if you look at the kind of images from Japan and elsewhere, most of them are of people in lines or reaching for toilet paper, maybe with a certain urgency, but not kind of outright chaos. <laughs> and I think sometimes the videos, for example, on social media they get, that get a disproportionate amount of attention are the very rare kind of fights. There's right now one circulating of two women fighting in Sydney, for example. But I think that actually does not represent people actually quite calmly and rationally going to buy goods, what that actually looks like. So not exactly Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're talking before about some of these circumstances or, or larger contextual conditions that spark the toilet paper panic in the 1970s. And you said well, one of them might be this fear and uncertainty about Japan's newfound post-war affluence. And people thought it quite literally might disappear overnight. And now looking back on it, we know certainly that the Japanese Japanese economy not only recovered from the oil shock in the 1970s, but then even thrived for the next two decades. But now after the Lehman shock of 2008, two lost decades of economic stagnation, and now the coronavirus scare, could we say that the current toilet paper panic is revealing another underlying precariousness in Japanese society? I'm not sure if both in the cases of the early 1970s and, you know, in the present, whether it's about an underlying precariousness or whether it's a more about a kind of uncertainty or insecurity that is made to feel very immediate and concrete. So, you know, in the early 1970s, I think the toilet paper scare was definitely an expression or a kind of reflection of concerns about the moment, you know, economic gains and middle class lifestyles that had been so hard won over the past decade or so was under and seemed to be under unprecedented threat from environmental degradation and global financial instability and so on. And there was a real sense of the kind of fragility of a kind of post-war dream of a good life. But it was really the kind of high prices, you know, inflation and the oil shock that made all of this very concrete and immediate and real in day-to-day -day life. So I think in the present day, you know, at this moment, most obviously, you know, it is the coronavirus outbreak that has made things feel, that's just the kind of most concrete threat and expression of the unknown and uncertainty and unclear risk. So I think that is the most kind of important cause. But if we were to see this, you know, as a kind of expression of longer term concerns, then, you know, it's a little harder to say 
But if anything, I think there has been a decades-long sense of the kind of fragility about everyday life that, as you say, kind of dates back to the 1990s. I mean, it's it's changed over time. I actually think there have been slightly more hints of kind of optimism and more forward-looking impulse in the 2000s, but still very much, again, a sense of fragility about everyday life. And so I think there is a kind of sense of precarity not just today, but also in the early 1970s. I think that's also kind of just something to remember that we have, we very much talk about precarity in the context of the lost decades, the 1990s and 2000s. This hasn't been the first time that that everyday life has seemed so precarious in Japan's long post-war history. Obviously, we can't predict how much longer coronavirus will be an issue, but eventually the toilet paper panic of the 1970s went away. And so how long did it take last time for this to go away? And and what legacy do you think such crazes have for consumer behavior in Japan, if any? So it took several months for the kind of toilet paper scare to subside in 1973. It took until kind of early 1974. And this happened largely because Miti even in very early November, asked paper manufacturers to increase their production of toilet paper and then also to send emergency shipments, first to the Kansai area where the scare initially broke out. So emergency shipments to Kansai started around kind of November 5th or so. And then there were similar responses to delayed or later outbreak in Kanto at the end of the month. So emergency shipments there started around the 26th of November. And then the government also tried to control prices of toilet paper. So it added toilet paper to a list of what were then over a dozen or so items that were designated under this emergency measures law, uh, which allowed the government to, to fix the price of toilet paper. There were other things too, like consumer price monitors who would go out and check on the retail price of toilet paper at various stores and make sure there wasn't price gouging. Media also instituted what it called complaint postcards, so consumers could let the ministry know if you know their local store was charging absurd prices. So for all of these reasons, the toilet paper scare did calm down by kind of early 1974, even though I should say prices remained at a much higher level than they were before the scare, even, you know, in February of 1974. In terms of the legacies of the toilet paper scare, I don't think it's so much in consumer behavior, but about memory and the kind of memory of the oil shock, as I was mentioning before, and various shocks of the early 1970s. So I think the kind of legacy is the way in which the toilet paper scare has come to be seen as kind of epitomizing the insecurity and the fragility and the uncertainty of that moment in the early 1970s. The coronavirus too, you know, there is a lot that is still not known about it. It raises and provokes this kind of similar feelings about uncertainty about the future and unknowability. I'm Tristan Gruno, and this has been Japan on the Record, the podcast where scholars of Japan bring their expertise to bear on issues in the news. Hosted and produced by Tristan Gruno of the Council on East Asian Studies at Yale University. Thank you for listening.